This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 163, Hypnotic Calibration, with Sean Michael Andrews. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Hey there, this is Jason Lynette, and welcome back to a content pack session, reconnecting with my good friend, Sean Michael Andrews, who's been on the program now several times. He was the second interview back, I believe, on session number three, reconnecting several times over the years. And then also the two of us taught a class out in Las Vegas back last year in March 2017, the Master Hypnotist course, which was a multiple day event with students from all over the world, and it was a sellout event which actually that event is now available to you as a digital access program. You can check that out over at masterhypnotistcourse.com where you can get instant access to the 36 lessons in terms of advanced hypnotic strategy, instant inductions, rapid inductions, techniques for change, as well as deep diving into various advanced strategies. Check that out over at masterhypnotistcourse.com. There's two cool bonuses with that program. First of all, in addition to the actual online library, which you get instant access to right away, no matter where you are in the world, we're going to ship you a commemorative flash drive with all the content downloaded for you. It's about 30 gigabytes of stuff. That way you don't have to download all the videos, audios, and all the documents that go along with it. Also, once you complete an online exam, we're going to ship you a master hypnotist certificate as well. And it's going to be signed by both of us. And payment plans are available on that program. Check it out at masterhypnotistcourse.com. And this conversation you're about to listen to was actually a webinar that we did earlier this week, yet the content was so good, I wanted to share it with you, my fellow podcast listeners. The presentation was titled Hypnotic Calibration, Powerful Results with your clients. So we talk about customizing to the client. We talk about incorporating new lessons and learnings as well as collaborating not just with our clients, but also with fellow hypnotic practitioners as well, which in a rare moment, I'm gonna give you an option here. You can either continue to listen to this podcast recording Or I won't be offended if you stop right here and instead head over to worksmarthypnosis.com and track down the show notes with this specific session because I will repost the replay of the presentation as well. So a couple of options. You can keep listening to the two of us in this format that's about to jump in about 20 seconds from now. Or stop right here, head over to worksmarthypnosis.com because I'm going to post the replay of the webinar in this podcast show listing as well. Again, for the entire experience, head over to masterhypnotistcourse.com. That's where you can get instant access to the entire Vegas course that Sean and I did together last year, sellout event with nearly three dozen attendees from all around the world, deep diving into advanced strategies, demonstrations, techniques for change, and a format that is so cool and so new, so unique, I know you're going to love it. Check that out, masterhypnotistcourse.com. And with that, let's jump directly into this collaborative conversation. This is session number 163, Hypnotic Calibration. Sorry, Hypnotic Collaboration, though calibration is also good. Take two. Don't edit that out. Session number 163, Hypnotic Collaboration with Sean Michael Andrews. Uh, We'll be jumping in in just a few moments. This presentation is hypnotic collaboration, getting great results with clients. Um, You're down in Georgia now, right? I am. Augusta, Georgia. How's the practice going now that you've uh, migrated from Maryland to Germany and now Georgia? (laughs) Well, actually, I've uh, sort of changed the business somewhat. I'm trying to uh, chase the clients away Mm -hmm. um, because... (laughs) Because uh, I want to spend more time researching and writing. So, uh, but but you know what? Sometimes they just find you, you know. And you, uh, and if you don't have somebody to uh, to hand them off to, like I used to have when I was in Maryland, you know, there used to be this hypnotist in Northern Virginia that I trusted <laughs> and I could uh, send clients to. But uh, but I don't have that advantage here in Augusta. Well, I know a lot of great people down there. I have to hook you up. <laughs> no, I share a similar <laughs> through line of still seeing a lot of clients, though, 
the travel schedule with uh, speaking, with various events that are going on, uh, getting into the mindsets of it becoming much more effective and a much more direct model, which kind of leads into our topic today. It looks like the room is filling up, so let's jump in. Our presentation here is hypnotic collaboration, getting great results with your clients. And there's a couple of different points here that just we're going to have a conversation around uh, different themes that have been uh, addressed, whether it's in various groups online or things that recently I've been getting questions about and uh, wanting to share this conversation with you. Before we jump into this course, you've probably been seeing some emails as well as some announcements online about the Master Hypnotist course. This was a class that Sean and I taught together live in Las Vegas back in March 2017, and it was professionally shot, edited, and it's now available online at masterhypnotistcourse.com. Uh, that was a great time, wasn't it? It was. That was so much fun. I mean, there's there are a few places that are better than Las Vegas for holding a class. Absolutely. And to get the experience of being there as if you were live in the room, it's a 36-lesson course you can get instant access to online. Head over to masterhypnotistcourse.com. And there's two bonuses that you're going to get in addition to that. In addition to the online library, no matter where you are in the world, we're going to mail you a commemorative USB flash drive with all the high-def videos downloaded for you. So whether you're in Georgia, uh, whether you're in Virginia, whether you're uh, – I just sold something in Luxembourg. Yeah, really? going international. <laughs> so no matter where you are in the world, we're going to ship that out to you. In addition to that, there's going to be an exam attached to the Master Hypnotist course. So you're going to get your own Master Hypnotist certification in the mail as well. Check that out, masterhypnotistcourse.com. So let's chat for a couple of moments here. There's been a lot of talk about customizing to the client. How do we actually take our process and actually begin to interact with the client, go through that intake interview process. And now that we're actually into the work, how is it we customize for the individual? Um, Sean, what are some ways that you go about doing that? Well, one of the things that I think is really important is, is establishing good rapport with your client. And, uh, and then once in, in establishing rapport with them, though, you can get a good feel for what type of person this is. Um, is, is this a, is this a person that wants to have you do the work or, or do they want a more, uh, collaborative style when you're, when you're, when you're doing the uh, therapy? Um, it, it's, every client is different. Um, some clients think that, uh, that it's magic. I've had clients, so just a, a quick story. Yeah. I had a client one time who came to me and uh, she had seen someone that she called a healer, a shaman. And in her mind, the shaman had left some baggage in her mind and had, had messed her up. And the funny thing was she had seen my videos. And just from watching my videos on YouTube, she got it in her head that although that shaman was very, very powerful um, – this guy seems even more powerful than the shaman. So I, I could have I could have tried to convince her that it, that's impossible. Someone, you know, this person did not put a hex on you. Didn't, but that wasn't the right way to go with her. So what I did was I accepted that she felt that I was more powerful than the shaman. And then she and I together were going to be far more powerful than this person who left this baggage in her mind. And so so that was uh, that was the way I conducted the session. And uh, it, it, it worked for her. It worked beautifully for her. Now, that was you know, I don't think I've ever had a client where <laughs> that was the appropriate way to take it. But for her, it was exactly what she needed. You need to be a bit of a chameleon. There's a beautiful aspect of that. There's a guy who came into my office one time and we're chatting, we're having the conversation before the process begins. And then suddenly his tone shifts and he looks at me and he goes, is it true you can make me do things I normally wouldn't do? And I'm riding a bit of a fence here because I'm thinking, is it a concern, like a misconception that he would have that prevents yes. him from going into hypnosis? We know that there's one thing that could prevent someone from going into that hypnotic state, and it's a fear of the process. So if it's a fear, then that's something we need to address. Though, out of curiosity, I just kind of respond with a bit of a smile. Well, I don't know. Do you think that's what you need? <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly, I mean, the tone shifts in the conversation as he's going, 
yeah, I think that's what I need today. <laughs> Which I had my uh, paperless in my office, take the iPad, set it off to the side and go, all right, close your eyes. Which I want to highlight something inside of that, kind of like your story there. It's not necessarily that we are telling them we can do these things. It's part of the expectation. This often goes against some of the thinking that's out there of, you know, overtly saying with hypnosis, I can't make you do things you normally wouldn't do. I'm not saying that. I'm not not saying that, if that grammar makes sense. <laughs> In many ways, it's harnessing whatever expectation they would possibly have. You know, I put it this way, that they are contacting a hypnotist because they have the expectation that perhaps that's one of those things within our tool bank of things that we can do. Now, of course, I don't have low rolling fog in the office. I don't have spotlights and dark eye makeup. Uh, instead, <laughs> it's letting it become this natural experience where, I mean, there's another story of woman comes in and the story is, I don't know if I really want to quit smoking, but I know I need to. Mm. And that's usually a bit of a red flag. Mm -hmm. Though it becomes a session where clearly there's enough motivation and I mean, that session probably had more hypnotic phenomenon than my stage hypnosis show that I do sometimes, <laughs> where here is this reality that she was holding on to, mm -hmm. and we just had to find a way to break that reality, where open your eyes, look at that arm, it won't bend. The more mm -hmm. you look at it, it gets even more solid. The hand is stuck to the chair. What does that feel like? And engaging in that hypnotic phenomenon in such a way that, again, is shifting that perception of just how real and how solid these things were, and then at times using that to her advantage. So you're, you're right. It's about harnessing that expectation. Uh, let's go to that intake time with the client. As you're there, you're talking to them. Are there specific questions that you're often looking for, specific uh, you know, tendencies and mindsets that you're looking to get from them in order to help you to guide what techniques to use, when, where, and why? I, I think the biggie is what is that particular person's motivation? Uh, and you, you brought this to mind when you were talking about that smoking client. Uh, and this is one of the reasons why um, scripts can be a problem because the woman, you said, she said, um, I need to stop smoking. Well, why does she need to stop smoking? Now, if, um, if she's independently wealthy, uh, I can talk all day about how the, she's going to save money when she stops smoking, but it's meaningless to her. It does. It's not one of her motivators. So when I am with the client, I want to know what is that client's motivation to make this particular change, to lose the weight, to stop the smoking, to to get on that airplane without fear. And uh, and then I'm taking notes, you know, and they they write the script for me. They, you know, she tells me that she's she's really afraid that she's going to get uh, COPD in her old age. She's really afraid that she's not going to be around for her children. Um, she hates the fact that when she walked up the stairs to get to my old office, walked up the stairs, that she was out of breath. And, and so she tells me everything that I need to know to feed back to her to make her successful in that uh, in that session. So that's the first thing that I get from the intake. Yeah, absolutely. I'd share there's a uh, document that I'd often use with my clients where it's just getting the benefits and then tracking them forward. And the mindset is getting my client to hypnotically future pace themselves before they even come into the office. So part of my forms are asking, you know, what are some of the outcomes you want to create here? What's your goal a month from now? What's your goal a year from now? What's your goal five years from now? And it's getting into those specific nuances that that's helping me to guide that process. But you're absolutely right. This mindset of letting the client write the script for you, which I think we both mean that figuratively rather than, um, hey, before we jump in, sit at my computer for 30 minutes and type up a hypnotic script. By the way, here's a lesson on hypnotic language patterns. <laughs> you know, we're asking the questions where they're feeding into our uh, platforms. I, I mentioned another thing here that uh, there's a segment. Yes, weight loss can often be a very multifaceted issue where we're dealing with the emotions, we're dealing with the family dynamic, we're dealing with everything around the weight issue itself. Um, though I'm curious to ask you this, in your weight loss approach, correct me on this, you're often starting, as I would say, just with the nuts and bolts in the first session, the habits, the behaviors, the eat less of this, eat more of that, increasing the activity. You're starting in a very literal format at the beginning of your weight loss process. 
Yeah, I mean, generally, uh, I'll I'll do about give or take. I'll do I'll do four sessions for weight loss um, because I found I found that it's really one of the most challenging things that that we work with with hypnosis. I mean, the smoking they don't need to smoke, but they do need to eat. So um, so I'll start out uh, uh, with uh, direct suggestions for healthy habits. For instance, making the right food choices and drinking plenty of water. And, and exercising and controlling the portions. And, and that's, that's pretty much what the first session is all about. Uh, I, nowadays, I don't even get into uh, age regressions uh, with, a first, with a first session with weight loss. In fact, uh, sometimes I don't do the age regression at all. Mm-hmm. Um, when, um, when I was younger, I used to regress for everything. You know, you... you uh, you bite your fingernails. Let's do an age regression. I, used to, <laughs> I mean, I was, it, and it's, it's funny. I, I thought about this the other day, and uh, uh, I, I was, I was doing uh, aggression. I was, I, by golly, <laughs> we were, we were age going aggression. to go back, whether you needed it or not. So, so yeah. So I start out, um, I start out with a direct suggestion, and then if necessary, if there are not, if they are not losing the weight at the rate that I believe they should be losing it, then yeah, I'll, I'll do some uncovering work, some hypnoanalysis in the old Elman style, but it's not always necessary. And I think it's the main point here that again, it's that customization to the client that, you know, you brought up the example earlier that if they're, and I've had this example many, many times, I actually just heard from this guy that I met back in 2012 um, I've been checking in with people who have quit smoking with me many years ago for the reason of, I want the testimonials now that are saying, uh, six years ago, seven years yeah. ago, and, um, I'll give you the exact strategy. Uh, this is a place of, let's call it out appropriate bribery, uh, <laughs> where I've reached out to several people and I've got actually four of them coming tomorrow, uh, where the offer is, Hey, here's what I'd love to do. You know, here's the mission statement. I want to help more people to quit smoking. And the one thing that helps me to do that better is to have stories such as yours. So love to have you come into the office or I can come to you. We'll do a quick five, 10 minute video. I'll just ask you a couple of questions. It'll be fun. And you either have a free session on me or I'll show up to your home with a $50 Amazon gift card as a thank you for your time, uh, which the return on this so far has been awesome. So, but here's one of the guys I'm connecting with tomorrow that, I mean, he was a three pack a day smoker. And the reason he was quitting was he had just bought this antique car on a lease and the payments were too high. That's why he <laughs> wanted to quit smoking, which is yeah. the standard reason, of course, right? So <laughs> money was a bit of a motivator, but to be fair, there were several million here, several million there. Uh, here was the Zumba instructor who was coming into my office for weight loss. And this woman is teaching three exercise classes a day, five days a week. And she's up there doing it as well. So the exercise is pretty much in check. Um, right. It's the eating she's doing around it. Though I, I mirror the same thing that, uh, you know, as I do this work more and more, I'm using age regression less and less. Here are people that I've worked with that we just stayed within the realm of positive suggestion. I do a bit of a variation of a six step reframe out of NLP towards you know, building those three positive outcomes and stepping inside of them, trying them on, noticing how well they fit mentally, rehearsing that success, which uh, for those of you that have studied uh, Dr. John Hartland's ego strengthening process, that part of his whole approach was that by increasing the confidence, by increasing the, uh, you know, the positive ego of the client, he was finding that the hypnoanalysis work wasn't as necessary. So, So my filter tends to be that if we hit that point where it all kind of uh, politely hits the fan, uh, where suddenly here's the moment at work and things got stressful and then they backslid. Hallelujah, we found a place of subconscious resistance and age regression may be one of the categories that we actually use to go in and start to resolve what that issue would be. Are there, back to the original uh, question though, are there specific questions that you're asking in the process to start to navigate what needs to be addressed. Let, let's take that nail biter example. 
Well, actually, I want to back up because yeah, you just it. reminded me. And of- I am so prepared for this presentation Wait. because my computer is not plugged in. So <laughs> while you're talking, I'm going to disappear for a second and plug in so we don't die here. Go for it. Okay. I'm listening. <laughs> okay. So so it was a recent stop smoking thing. It was funny because I, I mentioned the fact that if somebody was independently wealthy, you know, there's no sense talking to them in your in your session about how much money they're going to save. However, I had a recent client. And he was independently wealthy, very, very wealthy. And uh, but one of the things that he let slip in the intake was that he had quit smoking for two years, uh, you know, a few years back, quit smoking for two years to win a $50 bet because (laughs) it was a pool and he and a group of guys and whoever uh, was the, you know, went the longest without a cigarette, got the money in the pool and it was 50 bucks. And we were getting toward the end of the session and, and I'm thinking the guy's rich. So, so I don't bother saying how much money he's going to save. Cause that means nothing to him, but he stopped for two years just to win 50 bucks. And, and I thought, <laughs> darn it. Okay. I said, and here's the last thing, you know, before I emerge you from hypnosis, Part of me says, you're going to have trouble doing this. Part of me says, I know you've quit for years before, but there's a part of me that says, I I want to challenge you. And part of me, I'm I'm betting you. I am betting you 50 bucks that you can't do this. I bet you that you can't do this for a year. And in fact, I'm going to mark my calendar. And, and, but the other part of me says, you're going to do this. You are. And so I'm marking my calendar for one year for to, from today. And this is what I think is going to happen. What I think is that you're going to come to my office and you're going to demand your 50 bucks because you've gone a year without smoking. And, and so I, I was betting him that he couldn't do it, but yet challenging him, take my 50 bucks now. And I think he's going to do it. I think I think he's going to come back. Uh, let's see. When, when was this? It was, it was just about a month ago. So I expect to see him in about 11 months. And I expect him to knock on my door and demand his 50 bucks. And, yeah. and I'll pay it. I nice. will pay it. But I'm going to double the bet then that he can't do it for five years. <laughs> Which, by the way, if your session rate is $50, uh, don't use that exact strategy. Yeah, that wouldn't yeah. be a good thing. That's, that's <laughs> Although, I mean, I mentioned the one year, five years, and so forth. Yep. Uh, here's a guy that you can look at my Yelp page, and he's there. Uh, his whole thing was, and I've never prompted for this because there's a whole dialogue inside of one of the business communities I'm a part of that um, the number of reviews you might get on Yelp that don't show up. And it's not because they're jerks. So let me rephrase that. It's not just because they're jerks. Um, it's that they want to have people who are actually in their community. So if someone's left one review on Yelp, it's not going to show up because you know they're not an active user of that system. And it looks as if you did exactly what it is. You sent somebody to go online and leave that review. It's when it's someone like me who um, I love horrible reviews for hotels because very often you go and the place is perfectly fine. Um, often the worse the review, the more likely I'm thinking it's probably okay. And generally it is. Uh, Uh so to look at it from the perspective of this guy, Oh, he wrote on the form one year mark. I will leave a review on Yelp that I've stopped smoking for longer than I have in my entire life. (laughs) So like, okay, cool. The one second I'm typing away in my iPad for a second ago. Cool. I just set a reminder for a year from today. (laughs) I'll do it. And he subsequently left the review as well. Uh, I'd mentioned back to the the weight loss category, you know, to look at it in terms of what are their specific outcomes. You know, I, I hesitate to tell this story uh, because it's speaking ill of other people and I won't use their names, but it rhymes with no, Uh, (laughs) no, I have a woman who I'm working with for weight loss that we just connected by phone because she had to reschedule an appointment. She goes, and we're dealing with the schedule, fitting things in. And just as a throwaway at the end, she goes, oh, by the way, it's working. I'm down eight pounds this week. It's like, oh, awesome. Great. Keep it up. Yet she had done hypnosis before and to maybe excuse that this other person was clearly using a script, but not varying from it. You know, this is the benefit. Scripts are great as training wheels. Scripts are great as I'd use the metaphor, uh, like the comedian doing crowd work. You know, they're asking the person in the audience, what do you do for a living? And this one says that they're a teacher. And suddenly he rattles off six minutes of really funny jokes about teachers when 
if you're with him in Phoenix, Arizona the next week and there's another teacher in the audience, chances are it might be the same jokes. So <laughs> you're in my office to quit biting your nails because you recently got engaged and you don't want to do your engagement photos with a closed fist. Yeah. <laughs> I see that frequently. And well, okay, I got six minutes on that. You know, you're here to quit smoking because baby's on the way and he doesn't want to be sneaking out anymore to smoke once the baby arrives. Okay, I got eight minutes on that. These are chunks. So this other hypnotist working with this weight loss client, again, I'll excuse it because maybe it was just not varying from a script, but talking about how sexy she'll be in a bikini, mm. which that was not her specific goals. Now, I've seen that example many times where that was their goal, and that's where we fold that into the process. Yet when it wasn't their goal, don't go there. You know, there's a guy years ago that for the nail biting example, um, I have to quote his exact language. He goes, well, they don't need to be pretty. I'm not some kind of damn woman. <laughs> so like, That's a new one in here. Uh, <laughs> so the fingernails growing healthy and strong. Right. You know, that was the language. Yeah, that's that's the thing. And you know what? The, another thing that I pick up when on when I'm interviewing the client is is their language, their vocabulary. You know, if 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 I'm working with a guy who's a truck driver and talks like a truck driver, I'm going to use a completely different set of vocabulary than I'm going to use with a college professor. It's just uh, you have to you have to be the chameleon. You have to connect with that person. And if they're profane, I have on very rare occasions gotten a little propane myself well, I, and and, and I'm not can, rare <laughs> as soon as but, they use it i go oh great i get to use it as well <laughs> well i was in the military i, I can use that language there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but but no it's 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 interesting um and and sometimes you just get a feeling uh i remember working with a client one time and oh i remember what it was she um, she felt like she wasn't doing a good job as a mother and her actually her daughter was in the room. It was a, a very odd setup. Very rare that I'll ever have another another person in the room when I'm doing a session. That's probably only the second time I've ever done it. And what I was doing was I was I was mentoring another hypnotist, actually two other hypnotists, and they brought this woman and her daughter in. And uh, and I was working with her and she and so her daughter's in the room, two other hypnotists, me and, and her. And yeah, the whole and audience she, there. Yeah, I know. And and she um, just had this story that before the hypnosis that kept coming up where where she was letting her daughter down. But everything that I saw in the room showed me someone who really loved her daughter and, and actually had her daughter's love. And and so. In the middle of the session, I don't know what got into me, but but I said, and now, but you you told me this story, which I think is just absolute bullshit. This is the most bullshit story I've ever heard in my life about you not being a good mother. I've seen the way you interact with your daughter. By the way, her daughter was not a child. She was a grown woman. So I, otherwise, I would not <laughs> use that language. You're just and, yelling this stuff out with a four-year-old in the room, right? No. Yeah, right. <laughs> so anyway, so so I, I think it's time for you to give yourself credit credit and stop this bullshit story. And after the session was out, um after and God, the 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 change in this woman, I love it when when you push all the right buttons and they come out of hypnosis and they've got this glow and you can just see it. You can see that the change, the shift has happened and shift. She has happened. <laughs> and and white leather so, chair, right? You yeah. <laughs> so she so she leaves with her daughter and just just floats out of the room. It was and and I was talking with with the two mentorees and and I said, you know, I don't normally I don't normally do that. I I don't know what got into me. And and they said, uh, no, we've actually We've heard her use that term. We've heard her use that exact term. And that was the perfect word for her. Mm -hmm. because it, it, it was just, you know, you just you just get a feeling. But that was the only time I've ever used profanity in a session where the client didn't use it mm. first. It just felt right that time. And yeah. if you connected with the client, it can be right. 
I was getting a request from the Q&A box that, uh, yeah, that form that I used to get the client intake, uh, we'll send that out in all the uh, replays after this as well. I was getting a few requests for that. Um, this is a story I think I've been watching the content. Again, we're uh, mentioning our Master Hypnotist course, uh, which is now an online digital access library. It's 36 individual lessons, everything from pain relief hypnosis to instant and rapid inductions. Instant inductions you can do seated, instant inductions you can do standing, uh, deep diving into the age <laughs> regression content back and forth in terms of your style and my style. So, you know, the mindset of two instructors, the, the favorite anecdote for me was that it's the first break of our class and someone comes up to me and goes, uh, hey, you guys don't agree on everything. This is great. I am loving this. And I pull you aside to go, hey, Sean, we need to argue more. <laughs> which we, we got along for the most part, uh, which again, yeah. now it's live access online. You're able to stream everything at your own pace from your home, from your office. It's all downloadable as well. Check out masterhypnotistcourse.com. That gives you instant access, which again, two awesome bonuses will come your way. No matter where you are in the world, we're going to ship you a commemorative flash drive that has all the content downloaded for you. Makes it a whole lot easier because it's 29 gigabytes of stuff. And then once you complete an online exam, you're going to receive a certificate uh, signed from both me and Sean. Um, which if you're curious, that means I'm printing them. I'm signing my name, mailing a box of them to Sean. He signs them. So it's going to go on the whole world tour to get to you. Uh, I was watching, and that's masterhypnotistcourse.com. Payment plans are available. I was watching the content and there's a, there's a segment that is kind of along this theme here that I was talking about doing a control room metaphor with somebody. Mm -hmm. And it's the second appointment. This guy has now quit smoking and the metaphor that I'd often build towards in control room is, you know, you're turning up the confidence, you're turning down that appetite, you're making whatever adjustments are necessary. But now you find that part of you that used to require cigarettes, and it's clearly no longer working as you've already now quit smoking. But now allow yourself to go through whatever process you feel is necessary to just shut that thing down once and for all. And I rattle off some examples. Some people would just unplug it. Some people would uh, destroy it. This is your time. Go through whatever process you feel is necessary. And as this thing is done and finalized, nod your head. Mm -hmm. So this was a state trooper who uh, had to postpone one of his appointments. You're laughing because I think you're remembering this one. Um, <laughs> he had to postpone his appointment. I'll make this as uh, polite as I possibly can. He was having to work overtime because he was responding to a situation Family in a minivan hits a deer. The antlers go through the windshield. The car is totaled. Kids are crying on the side of the road. And he's on the phone going, yeah, I'm kind of shook up from this. I've never had to do this before, but I had to put the animal out of its misery. Oh, man. You know, he goes, hey, take the kids over here. Have them, you know, look at the mountains. And he goes over and takes care of it. So yeah. I'm in the session with this guy. Go through whatever process you feel is necessary to shut this thing down once and for all as it's complete nod your head and he sits there for a moment and then <laughs> and it's just immediately i'm going oh my god he shot the cigarettes <laughs> and i ask him afterwards he goes yep put those fill in the blank effers out of their misery <laughs> all right that's what everybody does uh, <laughs> which uh, i'll say it this way i wish i was clever enough to come up with stuff like that um which, yes, in, in the manual that uh, I, I handed out, that story is in there. Just to find the student who catches that little bit of language on their own and goes, do you really tell your clients to do this? Like, that's a check to see who's actually reading through the manual. Uh, our second point we wanted to address here is that very often, you know, people have a previous base of education, whether they're self-taught, whether they're going to a lot of classes, yet now they're purchasing courses online, they're going to conventions, they're taking trainings. Uh, do you have any tips in terms of here's a person who's already actively seeing clients and now they want to incorporate new strategies into what they do? Uh, as, as far as as far as how to pick up the new strategies? Yeah, let's say that they're already working and seeing clients, but now they've learned some new technique. They've learned some new metaphor, some twist on a strategy they've already been using. Uh, let me ask it in a slightly leading way. Would you recommend they scrap everything that they've been doing and throw an entirely new session out there? No, no. But I, I think that 
we need a lot of different tools because we we encounter a lot of different clients. And I mean, there are tools that I use once every couple of years. There, are, you know, I took a I took a lot of training, and I had some very very good trainers. Uh, but and and I've been to all the conventions and um, and and I collaborate with my my fellow hypnotists, so I'm always learning new things. But um, but it it comes in handy because sometimes. Uh, sometimes you're in it, you're in an odd situation. You get this, uh, very unusual client and you need to try something different. And it's just wonderful to have extra tools. Um, my goodness with, um, uh, I'm trying to think of, of something that, that I've pulled out of, uh, of my memory banks recently, uh, a timeline style of regression. Uh, I hadn't used it in, uh, in probably three or four years. And then I needed to do uh, some age regression with a client, and the client seemed to me very uh, kinesthetic. And and just to stand that guy up and walk him on that timeline was just the perfect thing for that client. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't used that type of regression in probably three or four years when I finally had to pull it out and and use it with that that fellow. And and for him, it was the right thing. Uh, it just felt right to me to. to speak kinesthetically <laughs> it felt right to me to use that uh particular uh tool with that client and and it turned out to be the perfect one for him so i don't know if i'm, I'm answering your question yeah I, I mean i share there's a nuance here that I'll, I'll shorten the metaphor here the story of this there was an interview with a band that was big in the 70s and 80s then they broke up then they got back together and the story was that they were now on tour and they were doing the old songs, but now that they've been on the tour bus together, they were writing new songs. And it was, I think it was an interview in Rolling Stone where it was quoted that, well, how do you work in new songs to the concert? They say, mm-hmm. well, of course, we open up the concert with the songs that everybody is there to hear. We get them up on their feet. They're so excited to see us again. We're all together. We're not fighting anymore. And we do the song. Then we hit them with another hit song. They're still on their feet. It's at this point we fold in one of the songs from the new album that we're working on. Mm-hmm. And this is our test to say that if they all just sit down and they're just staring at us, well, maybe we need to work on that song. Uh, if they're still on their feet at the end of it, okay, good to go. Let's keep this one in the works. So I, that stuck with me when I read that because here's moments where I go to conventions too. You and I are going to be in Florida in a couple of weeks from now, um, you know, going to Hypno Thoughts, going to the NGH convention, going to various trainings or participating in events such as this, buying products online. Um, I picked up the uh, the Arrow from the Jackwins and I've been folding that into some sessions in recent months. And that same story back to the the band of going, okay, well, here's the foundation of what I found that I'm really good at. Yet here's something I'm seeing. This is an alternate way to go about a specific change. And folding that in as part of the process. So almost like the band getting up and going, hey, here's the hit song, here's the hit song, and then sandwiched in the middle, here's something new, which allowed that confidence to grow in even greater, even stronger. So not quite throwing everything out in one pass, but finding those mechanisms to bring in just a few new nuances into those sessions along the way. Interesting. Yeah, there's a story of you and I have both spent time with uh, Captain Ron Esslinger, and uh, there was some bit of patter I heard him say one time around, uh, it was like this progressive muscle relaxation, not an induction, but using it as a technique. We're at the end of it creating a shield around you, like a second skin. And this became an extended metaphor so that before the hand even reaches the face with the intention to bite, the hand finds something better to do. Mm-hmm. And this is a couple of years ago as the story will date it. Um, woman comes in and she has seen one of the sequels to the Twilight movie series. And there's some nuance of, which I really haven't seen all of them, but um, Team Jacob, uh, the experience, I'm going to alienate the audience in that one with... 10 people getting that joke <laughs> but it's the experience where in one of the movies they have the vampire baby and to protect the vampire baby from the werewolves she puts a protective shield like a field of energy around the baby vampire uh-huh. because that's a thing that you do and <laughs> she's having these issues with trust she's having these issues of you know she's up at night worrying about the world that the baby's going to grow up in 
and she then rambles off the phrase, if I could only put like a protective shield around this little girl and then I know she'd be safe, I'd be able to sleep at night. Interesting. And suddenly there's a connection, you know, so bringing that in part of the process. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, is there, I mean, as in the research that you've been doing, I'm curious to ask you this, are there strategies that you've been using differently in working with clients that kind of fit into this theme of incorporating new learnings or um, maybe something you've recently pulled out of your process and by doing so found you became much more direct, much more effective. I, I think, I think one thing that, that I've been playing with that, uh, that is going to find its way into my sessions. Um, some sessions are, are the same. Uh, I'll do, um, just with the induction and the initial deepeners. And I got into a rut where I was doing a Dave Elman induction and then a, uh, a 10 down to one deepener and then three of uh, vote deepeners. And then I would launch into whatever type of therapy was, uh, was necessary. And in, in the research that I've been doing, um, I've wanted to get the, uh, the volunteers as deep as possible, as quickly as possible, but, but more emphasis on the depth than on the speed. And so what, what I was doing was I was doing an Elman induction and then I was doing the Dave Elman, um, uh, Esdale state hmm. deepener, the level A, B, and C. And my goodness, I mean, they're, they are so deep in hypnosis after that. Now, now you will get the occasional person that honest to God goes into hypnotic Hesdale, the, the coma state. And, and that's fine because you can have them come up a little bit and, and then you can work with them. But now I'm thinking that I may, I may do that with my sessions where I want, I want really good depth of, uh, of hypnosis. Like for instance, if I'm going to do a regression, so, so that's, that's kind of something that, that, uh, that I've discovered. I mean, generally I would not, I would not use Elman's Esdale deepener for anything other than if I wanted to achieve the Esdale state, like for instance, if someone had, had terrible pain and I wanted to give them an experience of feeling absolutely no pain, just that feeling of relief. But that, that was the only reason why I would ever use that, uh, that particular, induction and deepener just like that and and now i'm thinking that might become a part of my sessions now now it's it's going to add another it's going to add another five minutes to the induction and deepening uh part of the session but uh but i th i think i'm going to start doing it so so i've been doing a lot of uh research i you know i hate to say i use I hate to call it research I like to call it experiments because when I use the word research, people think that I'm doing real good documentation and I'm not. <laughs> I'm not really great at, at documenting. I'm great at playing, but not at documenting. So, but, but yeah, I've been doing a lot of work on, um, on trance and depth of trance and, uh, and what you can accomplish with really, really good deep trance. Yeah. And, so yeah, that so that that's one that's one change that's gonna gonna happen in my uh, my clinical work just based on my experimentation. Yeah, absolutely. And even when we were teaching together uh, at the Master Hypnotist course, you were getting into some of the themes around things that you found, whether it's the body temperature shifts, whether it's the effect upon caffeine and how well they do in the session. These little nuances that. Uh, again, we're also promoting here the Master Hypnotist course, which was a live event, but now it's a streaming on-demand event. You can check that out at masterhypnotistcourse.com. Uh, get instant access to the 36 lessons. It's more than 20 hours of content, all sorts of techniques for change, inductions, and uh, you even demo that uh, A down to C uh, we had to rename it the uh, gentleman who did all of our video uh, shooting and editing. Uh, his <laughs> name is Dale. And as I was looking at the content of the Esdale, I'm going, why does he spell it wrong? Because he got clever and went, Esdale. 
state. <laughs> yes. So on the membership platform, I made sure I spelled it right so people don't go, Jason and Sean don't know how to spell the Esdale state. <laughs> um, which again, that streams to you instantly. You get instant access online. And also, no matter where you are in the world, we're going to ship you a flash drive with all the content downloaded for you. Saves you on the bandwidth of downloading about 30 gigs of stuff. And then also, once you finish an exam, we're going to mail you a certificate signed by the both of us as well. And to kind of wrap up this theme of hypnotic collaboration, we're going to wrap this in about five minutes' time to keep this uh, short and to the point. You know, you and I both attend conventions. We both connect with other instructors. We both uh, have become friends with folks around the world. Uh, what is it you found to be the benefit of just keeping that open communication, whether it's teaching together as as you and I did, or just keeping that learning ongoing? What what have you found one of those benefits to be as the work progresses? Well, actually, it, it was it was funny when you and I were teaching together. I think that um, it, it wasn't just I told them what I knew and then you told them what you knew. It was. It, it was funny because things would come up that that maybe wouldn't have even been were not planned to be taught in the class. And and it would come up simply because of something that one of us would would say. And and we would we would we got to a lot of material that I didn't think we were going to get to. Um, let, let's let's talk about the caffeine. I mean, that the, that was incredible. We were we were on the topic of um Things that we we learned and things that we knew, and then after our years of practice and seeing clients, it didn't. Tur it turned out not to be true at all. And and so the thing, the client tells you, they call you on the phone and they say, "Should I drink coffee before my session?" And I always used to say, "Doesn't really matter if you normally have it, have it, and if you don't, well, don't." And and then. I, I was it was one of the experiments and I was experimenting with the effect of first the effect of alcohol. That was one experiment on on hypnosis. And that was that was fun. And and the other Those one were the was, after hours of class when we were. That's right. <laughs> we, we did a lot of experimenting with that. And then after the but the caffeine experiment that I did and I found that that when someone has had caffeine they will still go to a, su a sufficient level of trance to do the hypnosis. The, the issue turns out that they don't feel like they went very deep in hypnosis because their body is kind of is is keyed in is keyed up with this caffeine in it. And often, if the client doesn't feel that she went very deep in hypnosis, that can have an effect on how the the therapy works with her. If she feels like she went to la la land. Um, that's almost always a good thing. And, and so the caffeine, although it's not going to prevent her from, uh, getting the benefits of the hypnosis, it will change the experience for her and make her think that maybe she didn't go so deep in hypnosis. So now the answer, when the client calls me and says, should I not drink coffee before I come in? I say, that's probably a good idea. It's mm. probably better if you don't have the coffee, but the reason is not is not simple. It's not because it would really affect the hypnosis, but it would affect the experience of the hypnosis for that client. You know, we so, got onto so, a we got onto a similar theme in the class when we were teaching. You know, we did two different demos of age regression and talked through them in massive detail. And I think there's where I talked about the fact that you know because there's an interactive nature to the process. I was hearing at the next appointment that. You know, well, that was really interesting, and I've been doing so much better since then, yet I don't think I was as deep last week. Mm. It was because the perception of session one, perhaps in a similar way, very direct suggestion and format, getting into that deep relaxation state, but because now the next appointment, if we went in that direction or used anything else that was interactive in nature, because of the interaction, there wasn't as much of a perception of depth. So mm. it's kind of the origin of one of my catchphrases of when all else fails, apply suggestion. <laughs> uh, as you respond out loud, it carries you even deeper. And as you let that finger raise, as you've done that, it takes you even deeper. You know, so pre-framing something in such a way that builds that expectation and builds that greater success out of it as well. 
Exactly. And if I have a, had a client that did that who said, well, I felt like I was deeper in the first session, then she's given me some really important information. And that information is that the next time she comes in to see me, if she comes in for a third session, I'm going to work a lot on deepening because that's important to that particular client. Um, yeah, it's it's um, all different, right? <laughs> yeah, and I'm getting the uh, request here for, uh, yes, we're going to be doing a replay of this. Uh, yes, we'll be doing an audio download. In fact, I think, uh, hey, I'm happy with this. Let's uh, repurpose this as a podcast this week as well, as that way we can reach more people on this, if you're cool with that. Yeah, Okay, fine. cool. Um, yeah, and we'll do a transcription as well. As some, Several people have mentioned that these little nuggets of the way you delivered that bit of patter, the way you delivered that one, just give us a couple of days because um, I don't do that. I outsource that. Uh, well, cool. So once again, for more like this, head over to Master Hypnotist Course. Dot com. It was a sellout event. We had students in from all over the world. And while it was fun to head out to Las Vegas and hang out together for all those days, you now get the experience and the comfort of your own home, your own office. The content streams to you in high definition video. You can download the videos. A lot of it's lecture. You can download the audios. And I'm a big fan of the mobile university. Uh, as I'm often driving and uh, listening to various things in my car, I fold in the nuance of segments of the program may be hypnotic in nature and should not be listened to in a place where you should be giving it your full attention. <laughs> the classic Monopoly get out of jail free card. Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap this up, Sean? Not a one. I'll just. <laughs> <laughs> I'd share my favorite experience of the class, I think, was day two. Uh, where I referenced, because I did a certification class with you back in 2008, and uh, it was a moment where I was referencing, oh, I learned this from you during that class at that uh, Hampton Inn in Glen Burnie, Maryland. Uh, and I think you <laughs> responded, I didn't teach you that, and it turned to, here's a Jason Lynette original. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the experience of, again, customizing to the client, incorporating new learnings, and then refining that language, and again, rethinking how we do it, that's that master hypnotist course uh, approach so check that out masterhypnotistcourse.com all the details over there jump inside we look forward to seeing you inside thanks everybody hey it's jason lynette here once again and as always thank you so much for interacting with this program thank you so much for sharing it on your social media streams leaving your reviews online and once again head over to master hypnotist course Dot com. That's where you can get instant access to the masterclass that Sean and I taught together last year in Vegas. It all streams to you in high definition, plus complete the exam, we'll mail you a certificate, and we'll also ship you that commemorative flash drive as well. Digest this information, put it to use, and start collaborating even greater with your clients. MasterHypnotistCourse.com Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast and worksmarthypnosis.com.